1: Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukaki, your host. Our heroes have arrived at the Mirage Casino and Hotel just in time for the Thiefies. But can they get past security to steal their desired award? Will Quinny ever prove he's as good a thief as Bryn? Why the hell did Alan get an invite to meet the head of the Thieves Guild, but not Quinny? Find out next. On dum-dums and
2: dragons. Oh, um, uh, the head of the Thieves' Guild. Why? He didn't tell me. He just gave me this envelope.
0: Okay. I was going to keep a low profile. What the (laughs) shit?
2: Wait. This might actually be a really good
1: way for us to run this. What if I go as muscle with you... And then I can stand around looking cool in front of the head of the thieves guild. I definitely yeah want more than one person to go. I don't want
3: Alan. Well, to I'm go not.
0: Alone. I don't want to go by myself. No, I'm no, saying
4: I'll, I'll go with. We you. We don't want you to
0: okay. go alone either. Okay, I'll go too.
2: And then kind of looks at all of you in a don't shoot the messenger way and just steps back into the elevator. and Disappears.
0: Yeah, I should probably take a look at this letter first, though. Sure. Read I, it
2: uh, can I, over here. I Alan. open
0: it. Can I? Uh,
1: Alan, why don't you go into your room and open the letter? (laughs) I feel like this room's really intense right now.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So um, each of your rooms, there's a a very tasteful bed. There's an individual safe that you can key kind of to your handprint. Mm. A small bathroom, but with like a nice like clawfoot tub. So Alan, you step into your room trying not to catch the eye of Bryn who's glowering at you as you do so. And uh, you open the seal. Immediately, your eyes kind of blur for a second and then focus. Um, Mm. The words on the paper seem to be shifting and then clarify. You get the sense that it's keyed for a specific person to read, not general public. And it says, Alan, I would request the pleasure of your presence in my study. I believe we have much to discuss. Yours, Avalon Riker. You can tell the seal is the symbol of the Wanderers, the Thieves' Guild.
3: I think I uh, grab a glass I assume we have a bar. Yep. And I throw it at a wall.
4: Barbara and I are both standing outside the door to Alan's room just kind of watching this play
1: out. I go over to the bar and I throw a glass against the wall. And I yell, friends! (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to roll for it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Seven
2: total.
3: Oh, no.
1: I'm getting it, hit with a glass.
2: It, it definitely, like, it still happens, but it's like when someone fucks up the opening pitch of a baseball game where they just kind of, like, throw it with all their might, but it just, like, hits the ground in front of them because it didn't, like, go at the right time. But that glass still explodes. Nailed it. So, Alan, you finished reading your letter?
0: Uh, Quinny, Bobbert, just come come, come here.
2: Okay. So. And
4: I,
1: I come inside your room. And I go inside your room, uh, and I look to Goblin Jr., and I say, stay in front of the door and watch that. Lady, before he does, he runs
2: over and just rams his head into the table, so glass falls off the side and shatters. (laughs) I love that wolf. And then he goes and guards the door. I come over
3: and I scratch his ear.
2: He's really into
1: that. I'm bothered. The character inside the room is like, I can't trust that fucking wolf. (laughs) Quinny, (laughs) Quinny needs to like break this and just like closes the door, so that you no longer have eye
4: contact with Goblin Junior, just so we can focus.
0: So I've been invited to see Avalon Riker.
1: Head of the Thieves Guild, head of the Wanderers.
0: Why does he want to see me?
1: I don't know. Listen, you're the coolest person we know. I get it. I, mean, I always no, want to see you. Goblin Jr.'s, like, the ears just twitch and fall <laughs> ever so slightly. Yeah, I mean, you're such a great guard. You you would never just, like, like getting scratched by people are overhearing <laughs> the room. I, I yell through the door. Uh, <laughs> then I turn back and I go, Alan, who doesn't want to see you? And I just point to the tattoo on my arm that says, Alan, is your friend? Avalon you think, Riker, Clay?
4: as head of the Thieves Guild, the Wanderers... I mean, he could have any magic user on his payroll or at his
1: disposal in a good chunk of the area. Oh, but do you know what? Nobody here knows what Alan can do. I think that might be part of it. You could be a ringer. Maybe Avalon's going to win the friggin' thiefy for himself. I think this
4: might be the person based on Bryn's, uh behavior at the bar. She threw a glass, by the way. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, that—that's what that was. Yeah, yeah.
1: The second one was me, uh, yeah.
0: and the third one was Alan Jr. Throw that?
4: Friends. I didn't want to leave her out. He just said friends. And oh,
0: then, I don't know. Checks.
4: Anyway, I think Avalon is the person who wants to know more about you.
0: So do we take Bryn? I mean, Annan made it pretty clear that he didn't want to see her.
1: Here's the question, though, because we said we wanted to keep Bryn close until we didn't. Is this the point where we don't? Because this feels like it would be a major decision. Where it's like you're out. <laughs> this when is, she's our only. This helper. Is this the Telltale games? Like
4: <laughs> who do I leave with the zombies? This might be something we can leverage with Bryn. I say let's all go. Yeah, Bryn's great. We should probably not assume that we're sneakier than this guy, or Bryn. Yeah.
1: Or Bryn. Honestly, yes. Goblin Junior is terrible. She's definitely listening at the door and heard this whole conversation. I'm I saying, Bryn. cut to
2: Bryn. Definitely listening at the door. Definitely hearing this whole conversation. Broken she glass used, to. I her I was ear. gonna say, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, nope, no, nope, it's all good, man.
1: You <laughs> and, and, get it. I, and knowing she's listening, I just turn towards the door and I'm like, I trust her. We should all get along. Uh, and then, and then we just open the door and fucking go. Like this is, this is crazy. <laughs> Spent so much time debating about doing something we're clearly gonna do. <laughs> That's what I say walking out of the room to myself furiously <laughs> as Bobbard.
2: Um, so much time debating something we're clearly gonna do. So you all uh, load up into the elevator. Uh, you head down to the main floor. I ring the bell for room service to clean up the glass.
1: I try to hold Bryn's hand on the way down the elevator because I want to be closer friends.
3: I take his hand briefly and give it a squeeze because I need a little
0: camaraderie right now. I look confused and upset.
4: I also look confused and upset. <laughs> Goblin
1: Jr. looks like a wolf. Yep. I look like a blurred face you can't quite make out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh, you um uh, you take the elevator down to the second floor where the Great hall is and basically when you step out someone kind of directs you to where you need to go. Great hall is currently in the process of being set up for the major event. It's also one of the main thoroughfares so if you think about conference centers how they usually have like a big room where things happen and there's kind of a ring around the room that you can use as hallways to get around. You're kind of in that area.
1: Yeah, where well, there's like the smaller meeting halls where they like cater uh, the lunch. Exactly and shit. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been to the
2: Weston Harbor Castle. <laughs>
1: Bam! <laughs> think these are so much more corporate than I thought they'd be.
4: <laughs> that's well, really I'm a
1: mirage th- thing I I, like. it
2: really is a mirage thing welcome to the thief talks <laughs> imagine if you will a if- world where you can thief the best thief you can thief imagine if you could
1: pickpocket every pocket in this room at the same time <laughs> but now i want you
2: to realize something You're that pocket.
1: (laughs) I'm the only person to ever survive putting a bag of holding inside another bag of holding. (laughs) (laughs) A-M-A.
2: I can't believe I spent $700 to be here. All right, so as soon as you step off the elevator, Bobbert, you are uh, immediately struck by an odd sense of nostalgia and a bit of awe because you can see that security seems to be being handled by Greywater mercenaries.
1: No way. And in my head, I'm like, uh, but I'm not supposed to
2: say who I am. Who is like a unit commander that uh, not not top of the heap, but sort of uh, almost a sergeant type uh, type person? Oh, Sarge. <laughs> His name was Sarge. That is, uh, that is honestly the most logical give me a name
1: name you've ever given me. No, well, I mean, the weird thing was that that's actually his first name is Sarge so it was really weird when he was just an infantryman because you'd have to yell Sarge and then Sarge would come over and the sergeant would come over who we also called Sarge so one was just old Sarge and the other was Sarge and man the old Sarge who was actually a sergeant was so livid we called him old Sarge because he was actually five years younger but he started balding early so he had a real age problem and everyone in the elevator cannot wait to get
2: out somewhere <laughs> captain roberts just shuddered uncontrollably <laughs> you notice that uh, graywater seems to be providing security for the event which makes sense because this wasn't the the standard thing that Greywater would be called in for but definitely seems like an expensive enough event to uh, to warrant their services and you can see like graywater banners have been put up and oh guys we do this meeting but i know where i'm going after this i got to talk to these Greywater
1: guys like there might be old friends here remind me again what the differences between Greywater and the unseen hand uh, the like, unseen hand are the evil underlings of my parents So the Graywater syndicate are a mercenary force that I fought with for years yeah, right
4: okay you were totally broken off from your parents when you oh yeah Yeah. yeah. no no that was after like mercenary. I was okay.
1: I was fighting for the church of the god of war on battlefield and I got <laughs> injured and eventually I got left behind and then I was found by the Graywater syndicate and got they like, it, raised got me it. and that's where I learned oh, all the man, cool I've, tactics and strategies I know a monster. Oh.
2: no one wants to see Marshall no more
3: no no one wants to see butthole no more
1: <laughs> <laughs> they want bobbered stop saying the word butthole <laughs> I I don't even care if you have one. None of us do anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna stay calm, but I can't fucking wait to go
2: over and find some old friends. Cool. You make your way to the North Tower Elevator, which seems to be the tower that holds uh, a lot of the VIPs, where the VIPs will be uh, set up. When you reach the elevator, this one seems to operate on uh, almost a different system, so the other ones seem to just be enchanted to take whoever gets on wherever they want to go. When you all try and step on, you realize that only Alan can step through. Oh, shit. Guys? Bryn. Yeah. We know you heard us.
3: Mm -hmm.
4: What's going on with you and fucking Avon? Avalon, sorry.
1: I hear you say that name wrong, but I don't remember (laughs) it either. So I grab her and go, are you an Avon lady? (laughs) I got
4: to write this down. I wrote down a bunch of stuff and I didn't write down that name because I'm like, I'll remember that name.
3: Well, I guess uh, there's no avoiding it now. Avalon's my father.
1: What? (laughs) So then why can't you win this thing? Logically, you should have the most help.
0: Am I hearing this? Yeah,
1: you're, okay.
2: the elevator hasn't left yet. <laughs>
1: you're standing on an elevator, and the doors are closing, but you keep holding door open. Because <laughs> <the rest laughs> of the you, you, you've person. summoned <laughs> a,
2: a spectral hand.
1: Yeah. You're just using mage hand to keep the door yeah. open.
2: Yeah. Press the
3: digitation. And, uh, is
1: just pressing the uh, door open buttons.
3: I don't say anything more to these two, and I, I just look at Alan as she's going up and say, tell him I say hi.
2: The doors go beep, 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 <laughs> and close, and the elevator takes off. Alan, you're uh, you're ascending up through the tower. You can sort of see the fire outside. um, In the prongs, go all the way up, uh, and you notice that it goes past what you would assume to be the top floor. The shit uh, to an additional floor that uh, isn't listed. Oh, I thought it was a wonky elevator.
0: I I really don't like this. I really, really, really don't like
2: this. (laughs) The doors open into a circular room. Unlike all the other floors, the entire floor seems to be dedicated to this room.
0: I am holding my glass staff, just so you're
2: aware. Yarno once held that staff. How'd that work out for him?
0: Well, that's only because he faced me.
2: So the entire floor is kind of like a giant presidential suite kind of deal. Mm -hmm. It's got windows all the way around, so you get sort of a full panoramic view. But you also notice that there are a ton of bookshelves. Like There are just lots of books stacked everywhere. Very, very fine furniture and uh, sort of seated at the center behind a very large desk is a, a very striking man that you obviously assume is Avalon Riker. The first thing that strikes you, he's got very uh, sharp features, but also his face is sort of a network of scarring. Ooh. Not burn victim scarring, but it looks like something really bad happened to him. But it's an old, old injury. Mm-hmm. He's still very striking despite this, but the majority of his face and like his hand is all like kind of fucked up. But other than that, he seemed very relaxed. Uh, he's got a drink in one hand. As you come in, he hits you with a beaming smile and stands up and he says, Alan, I've been waiting a long time for this day. Please, please come in. Have a seat.
0: Okay, Uh, I'm guessing you're uh, Avalon?
2: (laughs) Yes, sorry. Okay. Very rude of me. Uh, Yes, uh, Avalon Riker, uh, head of the Wanderers. Uh, Please come in. Make yourself at home.
0: All right. Uh, Bryn says hi.
2: (laughs) How much glassware do we need to replace on that floor?
0: Three, but only one was her.
2: Oh, well, that's that's a new record. Please, please, sit. Meanwhile, downstairs, Bryn, you're with Bobbert and Quinny, and you just kind of dropped a bombshell on them. What's going to go on up there in that penthouse?
4: What does he want her for? Why did you want to ask me about her?
3: I am not saying anything to you about this until we're in a private place.
1: To our hotel
4: room! Yeah, <laughs> let's <laughs> go back up to the room.
3: But, uh... Trust me, she's fine.
4: All right, then. If it can wait, I want to
1: wait for her here at the elevator.
3: If you'd like to, but I guarantee you she is fine.
1: Listen, here's what I'm thinking. We can satisfy everybody's goals here. I got to go talk to the Greywater guys, because, I mean, honestly, some of my favorite people are there. Fat Pete, Massage Rod, Snack Mix. Like, there's some great, great dudes. You recognize them even with their faces? Uh, no, I.
2: well, I mean... The Greywater Syndicate guys aren't grayed out, oh, because they're... Huh. If you think about it, it's like uh, when you ha- hire security for an event. They're in full armor. I don't know if they're here. Those guys could be. I mean, this Sarge might be here. Love
1: that guy. This detachment could be commanded by Captain Potatoes. I mean, they're just a lot <laughs> of my favorite people could be yep. around. So I'm going to go talk with them, and why don't you two... Figure out how you're going to make me the fight champion. Because yeah. right now, our plan is I win the fight and we win money, but that feels
2: like it's missing at least three steps. <laughs> all right, let's go.
4: We all want to hurry back here,
2: meet Alan. Back up in the penthouse, Alan, there's a very plush looking chair that's clearly been set up next to this desk uh, across from Riker. There's a glass sitting there that seems to have a very fine liqueur in it, and he's uh, gestured to it.
0: Thanks. I'm okay for now, though.
2: He- sort of shrugs and says, oh, I I understand. I've known a few people raised in temples and uh, I must say, though, the idea of relaxation and uh, pleasant conversation is is an awkward one. So please, I don't mean to make you, uh, you you're giving me a look right now. This is both Tom the DM and uh, (laughs) one maker. Um, you look very confused, and I'm, I'm so sorry. But this is actually why I wanted to talk. I thought it would be much easier if we, if we actually just speak. So whatever will make you most comfortable, stand, sit, it's up to you. But I, I'm going to sit. So he sits down and takes a sip of his drink.
0: I pause a moment. I sit down, but I'm still holding my staff.
2: Fair enough. So, Alan, you are probably wondering what you're doing in this incredibly plush suite, which I must say was a tremendous boon I was not expecting.
0: You know, it's not so much the location as to the strange letter. You seem to know a lot about me.
2: I do run the Thieves Guild. I mean, it is my job to know things. And uh, honestly, truth be told, Bryn and I have had eyes on you for quite some time. We were actually there in Neverwinter. When uh, you and your compatriots made your your grand escape, a little messier a go of it than I would have done myself, but uh, understand circumstances well. change and things get out of hand, right? Sure. I wanted to extend you this, and he slides a box across the table to you. It's a small wooden box. What is it? It is two things. One, it is a uh, VIP pass for you because it's an honored guest uh, and someone that we've had our eye on for quite some time, I thought uh, you might like it. And uh, two, it is uh, an invitation to join our illustrious guild. We've been watching you, we've been watching your skills develop, and quite frankly, I think you'd be a tremendous boon to our organization. And on a personal note... I would like it if you would join the organization.
0: It's a little confusing. I mean, I travel with a thief. Yes. Who does thieving things. Yes,
2: Quinny. We're very familiar with this Far
0: beyond what I do. Yes. Why is this not going to Quinny?
2: You know, Bryn asked roughly the same question. We don't need another thief. We have thieves. We have very good thieves. And we have mages. But uh, what we don't have is you, Alan. We've... And he kind of takes a moment and uh, you notice that he, he sort of looks into his drink finishes it, pours himself another one, finishes that one, and then takes sort of a moment to steady himself. And then suddenly the charm is back on, the smile's back on, but there's just a moment of difficulty there where his voice caught, "Ah, there's really no good way of saying this. We haven't spent time together, and that's uh, for a variety of reasons and circumstances.
0: It's a really odd thing to say.
2: (laughs) It is odd to confront one's daughter, having not... No, Alan... Uh, although I am somewhat shocked that your mother allowed you to change your name from the Anne. That was her mother's name, and I know she was quite fond of it. But enough time has passed, and I want to make right what has been wrong for so long.
0: just spell this out for me? <laughs> <laughs> just, like, plain <laughs> words. Alan. Yeah.
2: I am your father.
0: Huh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> your mother uh, saved my life. I was on the run from some uh, rather bad people, uh, as I'm sure you've encountered some of in this world. And uh, it was good enough to uh, to take me in. She helped me uh, with uh, a lot of her spells uh, back to health. We grew quite fond of each other, but uh-huh. uh, circumstances shifted and I was forced to flee.
0: Uh-huh. You know how old I am, right? Yes. So you fled 25 years ago.
2: Uh, yes, that's correct.
0: You know, I've been imagining this moment for a pretty long time. My entire life. imagine
2: our listeners have too, yes.
0: Why should I even believe you? Uh, I mean, I imagine if my father was alive, he would have reached out in some way before now. Just,
2: Alan, have you met your mother? Yeah. What opinion do you think she would have of someone like me? Have you met your mother? What a smug (laughs) asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And if you need further proof, any kind of gestures to his face, his arm. I once fought an incredibly powerful mage. And she threw everything she had at me. I was corrupted by a, a terrible, mystical acid that ate away most of my face, half of my body. And without the spells of your mother, and without the help that the Temple of Ogma gave me, I would not have survived. Tell me, Alan, when you throw acid at someone, does it seem to do what you'd expect it to, or does it do a lot more?
0: A little more. <laughs>
2: I rest my case. Cut back to uh, the hotel room. So, um, <laughs> Bren, you and Quinny have gone up. Butthole, you're talking to Greywater, right? Yes. Right. What do you guys talk about?
3: First, I grab a vase and throw it at a wall.
2: <laughs> the gnome who is busy cleaning up the glass <laughs> ducks it, it smashes, and without missing a beat, just gently pivots and starts sweeping the vase up into the... Uh, the dustpan. pan? Dust pan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. What Thank- are they talking about up in that
3: tower? Okay. Alan is... Not just some random mage that we want in the guild. Alan is my sister.
4: Uh, uh, come again?
3: Alan is my sister.
4: Okay, you there uh, with the vase. Get out now.
3: <laughs> thanks, <sighs> it's la- a
4: living.
2: <laughs> th- th-
3: thanks, Larry. I'm so sorry.
2: Oh, it's okay, Bryn. I've had worse. <laughs> Quinny stabs him. <laughs> 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 Bryn, this has been screwed up from the
4: start. Ever since we broke into that mansion to get those coins, you were there. Yeah. You offered us a spot on your crew. No questions asked. You gave me access to the thiefies. One of the things I want most, and it's all for what? What's all this for? What's what's all this even about?
3: <laughs> it's his way of making it up to me, the fact that he's been more interested about Alan's life in the past five years than he has been in mine, and that he's giving me a run at the thiefies for the first time. So it was not a ruse trying to get you your thiefy. I mean it. It's real. But in exchange for that to prove myself to him, I had to bring Alan to him.
4: How much do you trust your father?
3: With my whole being.
4: All right. We got to figure out how to get butthole into that match. But we are going to talk to Alan about this too. I don't know what they're talking about up there, but you got to come clean with her about being her sister.
3: I think she knows that now.
4: Yeah, she's pretty smart.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I need this as much as you do.
4: All right, I put my hand out for a handshake. Not just like I just wave my hand around in front of I just, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Just, like just
4: put a just, hand
0: in her face. Just, <laughs> just,
1: just limp-wristed waving yeah. in front of her.
2: is
0: like, uh, a dead fish. This answer. is what it looks like
2: when you cut someone's tendons. Right, yeah, right. This is the uh, this is the physical version of Thieves' <laughs> can't. It's just floppy hands. That's yeah. right,
4: yeah. yeah. I, I, I put my hand out and I say, from this point on, we're a real heist crew.
3: And I take his hand and I shake it. And I say... Alan's life is as important to me as my own.
1: This episode is sponsored by Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective mind. But now we sell t-shirts and hoodies and water bottles and a ton of amazing products, all because we use Shopify. Shopify. all lowercase go to shopify.com slash dumdums d-u-m-b-d-u-m-b-s now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash dumdums that's the way you get to hear this hello friends it is i reginald local hero who's never run away or been afraid even once I'm here to tell you how you can contribute to the Horde, or our fortress or whatever. They told me I had to do this, and if I don't, I could die. So let me tell you exactly what you can get. You can get an opportunity to contribute in a way that doesn't require you to risk your life, but keeps me risking mine. I did not approve this script before I read it. Uh, apparently, if you chip in $15 a month, you get the ability to contribute new names to NPCs and characters and locations that can appear in this show. And then some of them might be my friend. Well, that's very good. I need more friends. And some of them might try to kill me, which is just fine. Up to you. Uh... Just go to patreon.com slash dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Join today, you can contribute. Plus, there's ad-free feeds, apparently, in some kind of community. Please, just don't send scary things.
2: Cut to Bobbert talking to Greywater. So how are you going about this? So i probably just
1: walk up and I'd, I'd like recognize two dudes and it's like guys I knew from, from back in the day. One's named Red Green and the other's named Paul Blart. Jesus. So I go up and like, <laughs> Mr. Green, Mr. Blart. And I hold a hand out and, and one of them reaches out with a hand. And then it ends up being an incredibly elaborate like 90 second like secret handshake. (laughs) Like it's got different moves. The other hands do shit There is like dance moves. It's like almost like a haka or there's also like Uh, and we're doing like hand shit. And at the end it's like Oh my god, Grey like, Mr Tingler. That's right, I gave that little tingle at the end. You know what's up. Uh, <laughs> and I gave that little blart at the end. All right, so mm, <laughs> I'm upset. I am so happy you're here. First of all, we gotta have a party at the suite.
2: Yeah, how what why, why what are you doing? wearing are in we're in the unseen hand are you with them now? Is that is that we thought you were dead.
1: Oh yeah, no no, this is part of that. Because I mean they're tr- still trying you're ha- Haunting them? No, they're trying to kill me. So I oh. I mean Fuck those guys. Like, uh, amen. Oh, man. But I mean, like, basically, you know, I, I found the goddess.
2: We kind of thought you made that up, though, right? Yeah, like, a lot of you're people are bullshitting, right? No,
1: weirdly enough, totally true. And then she sold me out like an evil demoness. And now I'm completely empty inside. But I was happy to see you're her here.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, man. It, it, I, mean, <laughs> I haven't seen you guys since the Donkey Wars. Oh, man. I And like, red green gets real quiet. <laughs> It's like, oh, right, we forgot that he lost his annoying nephew during the Donkey I Wars. I know, I put
1: my hand on his shoulder and I say, we will always remember Blue Yellow. And then they
2: both say, Blue Yellow. Um, <laughs> and then I say, who's in charge? Sarge? Captain Potatoes? Who's running this? Well, it's Commander Potatoes now. Oh, um, good for him. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's he actually... He works hard. Well, he does, he does. Uh, he's taken over the whole outfit, him and his uh, elite band, the Fries, uh, as you know, his, oh. uh,
1: his elite... Yeah, I, I ran security f- with them at Slutstock. Oh,
2: that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> Wow! I so, had time to write stuff down. A lot of people talked.
4: <laughs> you are the worst. I saw, I, I saw him.
3: I saw him doing it. And it's like, like, oh, he's taking notes yeah, on, no. what's ha- on, what's, on what's happening, what we're talking about. Um, bitch. Hey, <laughs>
2: Sarge is uh, yeah. Sarge is heading up the unit here. Obviously, we're work- working security. Pretty exciting though. The thief is like, this place is crazy. Honestly, just
1: got here trying to figure it out. I mean, blurred face, the unseen hand. We just asked for and they gave it to us, which is
2: seemingly not a great security setup. Look, man, we've been here for a bit, and Sarge is really pissed with them already. They've been stomping all over the place like like they own it. There's there's some uh, oh fuck. Uh, listen, man, um, I'm sorry. I, I I thought you were dead, so I didn't really think I'd ever have to bring this up. And he kind of like looks around because obviously like all the other Graywater folks are generally like pretty stoic and not really talking to anyone. He's like, I've got a brother, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's here. Oh. He showed up with a bunch of those unseen hand assholes and there's private security force. They're all over the place. They're walking around like they own the joint. I mean, like Red Green here was ready to bean you when he came over to start talking to us. Red Green's like, mm-hmm. oh, listen, you're a <laughs> professional, Mister Green, and I've always respected that. He still isn't really over Blue Yellow's death, so he really he takes it out when he can. Yeah, listen, man, he's here and he's he's being pretty upfront about it. He's not wearing the blurry face thing. He's been starting his stuff. I think he's here for the auction.
1: He's here for the auction. What are they, what does he want from the auction?
2: I like we don't know. All right, so had, how do
1: they know if you kill somebody in here? Like they gotta have a security set up outside of you guys
2: because you're not everywhere. He kind of looks around. He's like, I'm really glad you're alive, man. But I need this job. My wife, who, as you know, is, is like my queen, and I'm like the king of queens, and that's pretty great. Jesus. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah Ramini, I remember your wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, ever since she escaped that cult, uh, <laughs> I've been pretty glad. It's not uh, how you it, but sure. I mean, it is in, in Faye Um <laughs> You know, I, I got to take care of her and I got to take care of my family. So, look, just there's a basement, okay? Okay. Also, keep an eye out for the spiders. And it kind of, like, nods up to uh, sort of one of the the corners of the ceiling. Looking up, you see a thing that, for all intents and purposes, has the body of a large spider, but its head is just, like, an eye. And it seems to just be scanning the room. Okay,
1: Good to know. Is there any chance I get an appointment with the Sardis later? Like, I'm imagining he's locked down now, but maybe there's, like, some off hours. We're like,
2: you're looking to re-enlist?
1: I just want to buy him a drink, you know, hear how things are going, maybe where you guys are headed. I'm yeah. not going to say no to reenlisting. but yeah, I'm not right. proud well, of know?
2: I mean, he's real uptight, but listen, like, I'll tell him you're here. You know, he talks about you a lot. I don't think he ever told you when you were enlisted, but he's real proud of you. I'll let you know when he's free, which floor are you on? And you give him the details about yeah. like where you're at. And uh, he he says he'll pass the message along.
1: Oh, and I, and I, the last thing I do before I, I go, I turn around and say, oh, you guys might be working Slutstock again this year. And I know a guy who I want to get in.
2: Listen, they are short one Dave. So <laughs> if you know a Dave. I know a Dave. And honestly,
1: he could bring his husband, Pete. I'm assuming they'll be married by that point. I mean, But then again, engagements can be long. Pirates. But, uh, <laughs> you know, exciting. Exciting. Okay, so, well, I,
2: oh, that's great.
1: So, also, you guys swing by. We'll do, like, a party in the room. But uh, oh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to That, soon, that sounds great. I'll, I'll, I'll ride my segue. You're the best, Mr. Blart. Hey, man. It'll always be Paul Blart to you. <laughs> but maybe one day, Sergeant Blart. <laughs> and he
2: blushes just from his neck to his head. Is it appropriate <laughs> if I kiss you? You know that's how gray water rolls. And I make out with this guy. And Red Green looks on and goes, mm-hmm.
1: And I go, I'll get you later, Mr. Green. And then I go back to the elevator door room.
2: Right. Smash cut back to the emotional reconnection of a long lost daughter with her father. Fucking hate this.
0: (laughs) I'm just going to take that drink.
2: And he says, oh, yes, please. He pours it for you.
0: So, um, dad.
2: (laughs) Wow. That is uh, (laughs) weird uh, hearing you say that, not Bryn say it and then swear. This is very strange for me. Yeah.
0: Nice to uh, meet you. You just want want me to. To join and just like hang out.
2: I would fully have respected your choices if you decided to just stay in the temple and, and live that life. I know that's what your mother wanted for you and I respect her and I respected her wishes.
0: Yeah, she's kind of crazy.
2: She is kind of yeah. crazy. And then he like does one of those like weird wry parent smiles that you shouldn't see and you're just like, eh, I don't like that. And he's like, oh, well, yes, <laughs> she, she, she is. Gross. But um, listen, now that you're out in the world, I wanted to offer you this because I think you'd be a great fit for the Wanderers and I'd, I'd like to get to know you. I think... You know, we have similar interests. You throw acid, I've been hit by acid, uh, and our organization could always use someone with your talents.
0: Could Quinny and Butthole join too?
2: And he kind of does one of those like, yeah. I said, well, we, we, we could certainly discuss it, but currently the offer is only for you. But, you know, uh, we've seen your, your associates, Mr. Farch and Quinny, seem to be quite capable. The wolf, in particular, seems to be oh, quite yeah, a Oh, yeah, I can't, can't forget about oh, Goblin Jr. yes. Junior. Uh, Goblin Jr. Oh, delightful. Yeah. I like how it's the name of uh, a creature and then Junior. <laughs> <laughs> we could certainly uh, look in to bring them on in some capacity. I mean, we always need muscle, and I uh, understand a cleric is, is always a useful person to have around. And uh I'm sure Quinny, with some training, could be a valuable member of the organization.
1: Is Quinny's feelings are just hurt in the apartment for no reason. <laughs> yeah.
0: So obviously this is a lot to take in. Of
2: course, and I wouldn't expect you to make this decision right away. You've got the whole thiefies to enjoy.
0: Yeah, so we'll talk later.
2: Oh, well, actually, I've got to get to the opening ceremonies uh, shortly. I just wanted to take care of this first. It has been a pleasure. And he kind of like awkwardly extends a handshake, kind of be like, I don't know what we do.
0: I take it. It's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> we're
2: shaking hands now. I'm truly proud of you, Alan. Enjoy the thiefies. And then gestures to the elevator.
0: Thanks. I just take the offer and the VIP pass and just kind of back out.
2: Yeah, he he's just like goes and is like shuffling some notes. He, it's clearly one of those weird like, oh, this is done?
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm. So I just kind of like hesitate at the door for a second and then just step onto the elevator.
2: Right. Let's cut back to Bryn and Quinny in
4: the apartment. I think now that we've gotten some emotional backstory out of the way, we're figuring out how to pull this thing off, right? Yes. How to get butthole in the ring, how to get close to Merle.
3: So listen, Merle has very um, specific taste in men, and it's usually champions in fighting. So it's very possible that (laughs) we can use Bobbert as a uh, distractionary tactic.
4: I do not like the way you said distractionary tactic, (laughs) but I think that's probably a good way to go.
3: Should we tell him or just let it unfold?
4: Let it unfold for sure. I mean, he's going to make friends anyway. He just doesn't know that he's going to make special friends.
3: Would he be open to special friends? Because I honestly
4: don't know. Because if he goes... I (laughs) don't know how he works in that way at all. Because
3: like if he doesn't accept it, it might go worse for us.
4: He makes that with pirates in celebration. Hmm. Like it's weird to see... Because you never thought you could see, like, a kiss be so platonically blah. Like, I just... That's kind of charming, though. like you though. and you like me and that's
3: it and I would... That's kind of sweet and charming, though.
2: I guess. <laughs> maybe Merle won't know the difference. So the things that, from a heist perspective you should be thinking about and, and keeping an eye out for are understanding security, reconnaissance of the location,
3: mm-hmm.
2: people involved, and, of course, the object itself. Brynn, I think your dad probably would have told you that the thief he is never held on sight. It seems that the opening address will be happening soon. You can likely find out some more information there. So, what I'd recommend is that all of you reconvene there, since you've all kind of concluded your business. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything you want to do before you head down? Just looking around, I guess, just for mm-hmm. like keeping it like a nice, cool climate and stuff like that. I'm assuming mm-hmm. there's like air ventilation. There's ventilation, but not at a John McLean size. So, well, I'm a little smaller than John McLean, but are they Vern Troyer sized?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the Warwick Davis. Um- <laughs> The Warwick Davis Memorial event. Yes.
4: <laughs> Please and thank you. Good to know. I just wanted to kind of yeah, yeah, look of around
2: the room and make those uh, observations. I'm good to go downstairs And mm-hmm. if you are. Great. Bobbert, Bryn, and Quinny, you meet up in the hallway. And and other people are kind of like helping people into the great hall. You're sort of waiting to see if Alan comes down. And just before you all have to pile in, Alan steps out of the elevator. She looks fairly shell-shocked. I just say, so?
0: Avalon Riker's my dad. He's the head of the Thieves Guild. Hey, Bryn. Yeah. Uh. We're a sister, right? Yeah.
4: Bryn uh, said as much. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, okay.
3: Whoa. Uh, oh, uh, okay, okay, whoa. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. So this is a lot to process right now. Listen, this is I, yeah, not, I'm like, I know like
1: two things about this building. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> this
3: is likely not something we want to discuss here. I, would I ad-
1: don't think that's correct. I want to discuss it everywhere right
3: now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just head into the just meeting.
1: Bryn, and then I point at Alan, and then I point at Bryn, and then I point at Alan. As you're doing it, the resemblance is... is this I there? mean, I see two blurry faces, so, yeah. I mean, and then I point at Quinny, and I go, oh, your face looks like that face, <laughs> it's though. It's uncanny. And then I take out a hand mirror, and I'm like, but my face looks like Quinny's
2: face. And then I compare myself to
1: Goblin Jr., and I'm like, these are the same. I just don't know, and I put the mirror
2: away. Uh, Quinny, in, in thinking about it, I think it was the kind of thing where you were like, oh, is this just because they're both half-elves? But it's not, you know. There's some similarity yeah, there. Yeah, um, I'm
1: not racist, but all half elves look <laughs> the same if they're related. Yeah, they look like half a human and half an elf. It's yeah, very all, cute. all siblings look alike. Yeah. You racist? Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Queenie's an only child. You all know, I'm thinking in my head it. is like, it's going to be really awkward if I have to kill Bryn. <laughs> Um, We're going to have to reassess that, too.
0: (laughs) And I have this, and I hold out the VIP pass.
1: Fucking A, Alan. Yeah, you did the best of any of us. It just happened. Nepotism. (laughs) Yeah. Well, sometimes. (laughs) And then I, like, look away from Bryn awkwardly at Goblin Jr. and do, like, an office camera take to the wolf. (laughs) To
2: him, it just looks like a blurry mess. (laughs) having awkwardly collectively decided not to talk about the um, elephant in the room, you uh, file in with everyone into the great hall. So the great hall is set up like Hogwarts dining hall style. So like, A series of long tables where various crews can sit together. You can already see people sort of like greeting each other very warmly. There's hugs. Again, it's a yearly conference kind of vibe. So thieves who don't necessarily see each other very much are meeting up. And there's an excitement and tone to it that really feels like something good is being kicked off. So you make your way to one of the long tables at the far end of the room. There's sort of like, I guess, like a head table sort of situation going on. You can see a number of VIPs up there. Of course, the faces are blurred. You can see that there's a general unease around the Unseen Hand. And then to Quinny, Bryn, and Alan's surprise, a guy who looks like Walmart bobbard comes up on stage. He's got similar features. He's not wearing a blurred mask, but just a slightly cheaper version of everything. So the jawline isn't quite as strong. He's got a bit of a scraggly beard going on. He's still a massive man. He's, you know, still 6'4", but he doesn't move with... Bobbert isn't light on his feet, and he's not a particularly agile man, but still, if he's barreling towards something, there's a sense of, of sort of, like, groundedness and yeah, strength to it. There's a graceful brutality about him. <laughs> Whereas this is just, like, a sloppy brutality. A little more awkward. It's the kind of guy who can't quite pull a chair out from behind a table without, like, fucking with it a bunch. Um, uh. <laughs> Oh, I really like that, actually. I was going to say some bullshit, but that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Tom McGee, I'll be here all night. Um, he's wearing very impressive armor. It looks very expensive. It weirdly does look a bit like a bastardized version of the plate mail that uh, Butthole used to wear. But rather than a symbol of Moonhammer, it's the symbol of the Unseen Hand, very prominently uh, on the chest plate.
3: I lean into Quentin and I say, I told you, he looks like his family.
2: Um
1: Brother?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: God, everyone's got brothers and sisters and parents
1: and... I just take out my beer stein and bang it on my hip and just take a nice long drink of that
2: motherfucker. I swear to God, if my parents show up, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he comes in, sits down. You can see the uh, owner of the Mirage that Bryn would recognize. Quinny, I think you'd probably recognize this guy too. He owns a bunch of these sorts of places um, in and around Faerun. So he's sort of a known quantity. And his name is Chaz Alrus. He's a sort of a, a squat goblin wearing just a, like a really nice jacket. You know, like those boots that you always really wanted uh, from a good old Gundren like Like that if they were in jacket form. So, uh, yeah, he walks in. uh, He's fairly jaunty. He's got a really cool hat. He walks in and he's kind of waving and he's doing that, like, weird, I'm famous for providing a place for famous people to hang out at thing. So it's a lot of, hey, everyone, look, I'm kind of important too. And people are like, sure. He gets seated and then with a flourish, Avalon Riker shows up. Alan, he's wearing a much finer garb now. It looks like what the red carpet version of Thieves gear would be. You know, sort of a general, like, everybody take your seat kind of vibe. And then he says, everybody, welcome, welcome to this year's Thiefies. It's huge applause. And you can feel kind of a palpable tension in the room because people just don't really know what's to come and and what's up. So he proceeds to kind of outline what the weekend's going to look like. So most thieving, of course, is done at night. So the way they uh, have arranged the entire event is based on phases of the day. So currently, we're in Dawn. He basically lays out the itinerary. So today is basically for checking in, getting settled. But of course, they want to make sure there's a bit of excitement in the day. So fight night, the the classic yearly tradition of champion of the Fighters Guild versus a champion of the Thieves Guild. Their identities, like everyone's identities, are kept secret. God damn it. (laughs) There's a lot of pageantry involved. High noon, which is day two, will involve great brunch. Don't miss it. The auction will occur, which is only open to VIPs. But where some of the, the best gear that's been stolen all year round will be uh, sold off to, to fancy people. As well as the trade show, where a number of different groups that sell things that thieves like, as well as magic items from around the realm, will be selling uh, up on the third floor. And then finally, the third day dusk is the Thiefies themselves, opening as always with the uh, very swanky black carpet event because thieves don't wear red, followed by the Thiefies. Yeah, without further ado, he says, I now declare this year's Thiefies officially open and everyone, like, applauds and is very excited. And
1: while the group around us is, like, cheering and applauding because it's a big packed room, I'm, I'm in the middle of it yelling, like, <laughs> I'd be the best champion. I heard this champion sucks balls. <laughs> not that that's a bad thing, but, like, in, in the not, he's a bad fighter. Sucking balls can be cool didn't mean to be judgmental and i'm like all right guys i'm tanking this i'm just supposed to do the fighting people are
2: like wow it seems like that guy knows who the fighters are that's really strange none of us know let us work on getting you in that ring thank you okay
3: so i slip out and i go talk to annan if i can find her
2: with someone like annan who's kind of on your take just jiggle that little bell yeah kind of i think it's just like in uh, assassin's creed Origins. so if you start swimming a boat just comes up yeah you start walking around <laughs> right. and we'll just appear and see if there's anything <laughs> you need
3: so listen i was just curious can you get me information Of who's going to be fighting.
2: Again, you can see that like struggle between loyalty to her employer, and loyalty to that token she has in in her pocket. She says, look, I think I can help. I don't know if I can get you the information, but I can certainly try. They're very careful about not letting us know who's fighting, Um, and all of that information is held by two separate groups. So the winners of the Thiefies are held by a uh, very secure law company that will be coming in and reading the results and keeps them safe until Mr. Riker announces them. But in terms of the fighters... That's a little bit more known than people let on. And because we have to outfit them, I could probably hook you up with a couple of the gnomes who work down in the locker area.
3: That would be great.
2: And she kind of holds up the token. She's like, but you mean this, right?
3: I wouldn't have given it to you otherwise.
2: I knew you'd do right by me, Bryn. Annan agrees to try and provide the information for you, and it'll be waiting in your room. Which brings me to a new mechanic I'm going to introduce for the heist as we move Mm. forward into heist land. Mm. So there's two things we're going to do. One is uh, I'm going to introduce a, a new sort of check for this, because rather than try and come up with every possible DC and trap and everything else you could ever possibly deal with, Instead, we're going to start dealing with preparation checks. So basically, if there's something you want to do that's something like what uh, Megan's trying to do with Bryn right now, I'm going to have you roll a preparation check based on the skills that you think you'd be using to accomplish that. And based on your success or failure, we'll find out whether or not that element comes Mm. into play. The other thing I want to introduce is a modified version of a system from Blades in the Dark, which I know I've name dropped a couple times, but it's basically about preparation. So rather than us wasting five episodes of going over every detail of a heist plan, which we could very easily do. Instead, I'm going to give you all five points of what they call stress. All of you will have five points of stress, and you can spend stress for preparation that you didn't actually do. For instance, if you go to pick a lock and you realize you don't have a lock pick because let's say you're Alan and you've never Mm -hmm. picked a lock before, you can say, as part of my preparation, I would like to explain why Alan has a lock pick. So you'll give me an explanation of why you have the thing you think you need or why you prepared the thing that you are claiming to have prepared, and I'll tell you how much stress that will cost you. If you overspend your stress or if you're out of stress and you still need something, I am open to bargaining, but we get into uh, devil's bargain territory or even damage territory. Okay, you basically have a full day to figure out how to get Butthole into this fight. Bryn has some things in the works to find out how to do that. Is there anything you guys... Uh, want to ask about or discuss based on what you've just learned.
1: Um, Are we going to talk about this sister thing? Because this is pretty crazy. I, I agree. Um, Alan, winning wish. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah that guess. happened
0: pretty quickly.
1: <laughs> so I pull Alan aside and I'm like, listen, this is sort of like the burning question. I'm assuming because you're related, no more killing brain, right?
0: Probably, yeah.
1: That is just not sure enough to leave me unsure <laughs> of the how we're alley going we forward. Know. And I'm yeah. like, okay, got it. And I wink and walk away and I look to Galvin Jr. And I'm like, I oh, don't know, man. <laughs> starved, starved. Um, oh, so here's what I, I learned would... from the Greywater Syndicate. There are spiders on the roof everywhere if you look around and there's sort of like a security watching thing. So if you see those in the public areas, that's how they're tracking it. And there's a basement where I don't think things are as secure.
3: Also, Bobbert, how are you with your brother being here? Well, uh,
1: not great. Uh, I'm gonna kill myself or him. Or there's so many options. And this is where our heroes began to formulate a plan. Much of their planning was disinteresting, except for this part where they figured out how to frame the current thieves' guild champion.
3: Well, I'm wondering what are we going to trap? What are we going to trap this fighter in? Or we've
1: got three golden stakes. What if we just say he stole them from one of us? And then somebody just plants them on him. So when the Greywater guys get there, they go, fuck him and he's out. That works. I was about to volunteer to have him kick my ass uh, on camera, but I like
4: this that'll, better.
3: Oh, that's, that's fun.
4: <laughs> I think you should get your ass kicked. <laughs> I think that's more fun.
3: I think that'll um, just be more believable. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think I think there's less fault in that plan. No,
1: I, I thought the steak plan was really good, though, guys. No, I think so step one, no. Quinny gets his yeah. ass kicked. We've all agreed. So it sounds like we got a rough plan for the fight thing.
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: and you know we could always come back to the steak thing, and you know maybe it'll sound better later on. Maybe it'll sound like a good. No, idea no, no. Later. We're going
1: with ass kicking. We talked. Everybody who thinks Quinny should get his ass kicked, raise your hand. Quinny, you don't get a vote. I raised my hand.
3: I raised my hand. Sorry. Goblin,
0: Goblin
2: Jr. abstains. <laughs> oh, he abstains. <laughs> oh, damn right. Do you know what? That's good of you. He's still getting his ass kicked. Goblin Jr. nods like, oh, I know. I just didn't want to look like an asshole. <laughs> All
4: right, so, Flash, Goblin Jr. <laughs> you still look like an
1: asshole. After that, the rest of the planning was also quite boring. So let's fast forward to the last part. So having had our long discussion, let's run through the plan. We talk up Bobbert. For the record, the Forsaken. Okay. We talk up Bobbert. No, nope, for the, the Forsaken. Oh or my Or my brother knows who I am. We blow the whole gag. The Forsaken. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Wake me up inside. Oh my God. Don't
1: say that or you'll trigger the sword. The whole room's filled with darkness. (laughs) Get some sword back in. I'm like, doesn't count, doesn't count. We
4: talk up the Forsaken. (laughs) God, I hate myself. Talk him up, get people excited to bet on him for the fight. Should he be the one that's in the match? Uh, We also talk him down, basically saying like he's an easy bet to make some money off of because he's going to lose. I instigate. A fight? Are we sure we don't want to do the stakes? No, no,
1: we literally all voted.
4: I instigate a fight with whoever this other champion is from the Fighters Guild, and he will beat the shit out of me, and it will be witnessed, and he'll get kicked out. From, not the guy from the Fighters Guild, but the guy from the Thieves Guild. And at that point, you'll win. That's the plan anyway. Oh, I'll fucking win. Okay. I hate
1: myself, but the only thing I hate more than myself is whoever I'm fighting. You'll win. As a winner, you'll
4: be able to rub elbows with the higher-ups, you know, probably Merle and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your brother start to plant the seeds of distrust and betrayal between them. Meanwhile, we're going to figure out that Soul Stone situation, and we're going to basically come back with VIP section intel and the high roller section intel from whoever has the VIP pass.
1: Yep, and I'm going to talk to the Greywater guys yeah. and find out where the hell the thiefy is. Yes. I Luckily, Sarge uh, owes me his life, so I could probably call in a favor to find out where it's at. And then we
4: boost an airship and get out of
1: here. And then, Alan, your part of the plan is to figure out what the hell's going on with your dad, because this is super complicated for yeah. you emotionally, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a lot to take in.
1: Perfect. So we're going to enable you at that. The so, conjurers. Alan's uh, also going to talk oh,
3: to yeah, the Possibly conjurers. finding Conjurers who might help with the soul stone issue.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to my dad or, you know, go to some party or something. and <laughs> Figure out if I can get those soul stones.
1: Honestly, based on the last couple of adventures, we've learned that your diplomatic skills are actually one of the most reliable things this team oh, has. So I'm glad that we're sending you in.
0: I feel like I've been very lucky in the past.
1: Well, see, I tend to fall down and make people hate me, and Quinny, uh, ironically, the one thing he has been good at is getting people to want to kick his ass, so we really played to his skill
2: set diplomatically. And Brynn, what are you going to be doing during this
3: plan? Trying to find out what information I can about where the thiefy might be as well. I think having two people on that angle might be our best bet.
2: So, with the beginnings of a plan and a bunch of schemes in motion, slowly the heist begins to come together, and as the day begins, you set out on your various tasks and your attempt to steal the thiefy.
3: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
5: Greetings, fans of the Esoteric, and welcome to the trailer for Madame Magenta Sonus Mystica. Hang on, why am I doing my own trailer? Where will the people want to see their star, my dear? No one can see me, Bernard. This is a podcast. Oh. You know what? I should have that deep voice chap doing this. You know the one. What's his name? Oh, the... Um, the, the strange name. Yes. Like uh, a fruit. Red pepper, that's yes. It. Yes. It... <coughs> In a world where... Something, something, something. That's the one? Oh, it's quite sexy, Bernard. <laughs> Save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sure I can keep it up. You've never had a problem before. <laughs> uh, oh, yes, that's just, oh that, that was a very clever joke. Yes. I am a very turgid man. You are. I'm going to make a cup of tea. You do the trailer. Oh, right, you are. <coughs> In a world. You... Oh, great normal uh, oh Earl Grey, please. In a world where ghosts and angels walk amongst us... Float!
3: They float!
5: Uh, at float amongst us stands one woman, Magenta. Oh, God, my bloody spirit guide's frozen the milk again. It's going to have to be iced tea, I'm afraid. Oh, all right, fair enough. Uh, psychic medium... <coughs> my throat... Oh, uh, Magenta... I can't do this anymore. Bernard, you won't get nodules. You're not Adele. Well, actually, interestingly enough, that wasn't nodules. That was an exploding polyp. Oh, God. Do you imagine that? Ew. Exploding polyp. Anyway, that's not why I can't do the trailer anymore. Oh. Do you mean... Uh, yes, the angelic manifestation by the dog bed, yes. Oh, here we go again. What do you want? From the makers of Mockery Manor comes Madame Magenta, Sonos Mystica. For all fans of the esoteric. Available now wherever you get podcasts.